Hey everyone, welcome to Data Plus Love. I'm here today with Safana Muhammad Ajaz. She's a friend of mine I've known for a while on Twitter. We've spoken previously over Skype. I saw her at TC19 this year. She is from the Information Lab Data School in the UK, and which I think is just really cool, and has done some of my favorite nerdy visits because I'm into geeky stuff like Avengers and Hans Zimmer. How are you doing today, Safana? I'm doing good, thank you very much. I'm glad to glad to be back at work at a slowish pace before it starts get rolling in this new year. <laughs> yeah, right now we're recording on January 3rd. Um, so not everyone's back to work yet. And those that are enjoying a slightly uh, abbreviated work schedule with less emails flying at them. Uh, I'm still off the rest of this week, took some vacation time to burn that, which is how I'm able to talk to Safana in the morning for me and afternoon for her, because that six-hour time difference is a killer. <laughs> yeah. So Safana, what's going on with you right now? I mean, I saw you at the conference. You've been producing uh, quite uh, some beautiful visits lately. I think you've had two visits of the day this year. Is that right? Yes, um, thank you. Um, yeah, my two most recent visits were both um, Viz of the Days, the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe Network, and also the Hans Zimmer Viz, um, which, was, which was really a nice surprise, actually, because I didn't expect that, especially for the MCU one, because that happened, I think, like less than 24 hours um, since publishing it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a very striking Viz, and we don't see that many network diagrams popping up in Tableau simply because Tableau doesn't natively produce network diagrams unless you do quite a bit of manipulation on the data beforehand. Uh, what was the story behind this? I know you're a big Marvel Cinematic Universe fan, but what got you to this viz and sort of what tools uh, led you to create this? Well, how I got to this viz was actually um, from my friend and colleague, Brian Scally. So he's actually my um, colleague at the data school and he's in my cohort as well. and. There are, I think if you're like, if you reach two, three thirds of the way, uh, two thirds of the way into your data school training, Andy hosts a dashboard week. And uh, that's basically where every day for one week uh, in the morning, Andy will release a data set um, or an API. And we have to extract data from there and clean it. And at the end of the day, by five, we have to release a viz. It has to be published on Tableau Public. It can't be state saved on our computer only. And on top of that, we have to release a blog about what we've done with that viz and, or what we've learned anything, but we have to release a blog. Um, that's Andy's way of sort of um, sort of training us uh, so that when we go out on placements and helping our clients, there are sometimes requirements that need to be done in less than a day and we have no choice but to do it. So that's his way of teaching us with Dashboard Week. And on the first day of Dashboard Week for DS12, so DS12 is the 12th cohort and that's my cohort, uh, at the data school, he gave us the Star Wars API. I think it's also known as Swappy. And uh, my friend, Brian, he got, I think he got the uh, characters from the film scripts and so on in the um, API. And he went on Alteryx and he actually made a network chart um, with, with, uh, with the data that he got from the API. And when he showcased it to us the next morning, I was kind of blown away because I had no idea that um, that macro. So there's a macro that he used in Alteryx to build um, the network chart. I had no idea, firstly, that that even existed. And I had no idea that you, you could actually visualize anything like that. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, yep, I'm definitely going to do something with that. Don't know what yet, but I, I need to do that. 
And it didn't take me too long to realize that, yeah, the MCU will work, especially because around that time I was kind of getting giddy for Endgame. So as yeah, I just thought it was perfect. And Alteryx, um, I did all of the data prep in Alteryx um, using the network macro, I think. That macro was built by Ben Moss. So Ben Moss is um, another colleague of mine at the Information Lab. He was also a data school consultant, but recently joined the core consultant team. Uh, he's an ace, and ace is basically a the Alteryx equivalent of a Tableau Zen master. Um, yeah, so he built that macro. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so that's basically the origin story of the MCU viz. It was all, all because of Brian. <laughs> Um, tell us a little bit more about the information lab. I know when you talk about Andy, you mean Andy Kriebel, who's a Hall of Fame Zen master from the US and the UK now, um, and one of the creators of Makeover Monday, hugely influential in sort of the data community writ large and Tableau specifically. Um, what is the data school and the information lab? How did you get involved with this and what do you do there? Oh yeah, yeah, I should have been specific. Yeah, when I said Andy, and I meant Andy Kriebel. And what is the information lab and the data school? So the information lab, um, I think we're nearly 10 years old or nine years old, but it was founded by Tom Brown. Um, and the information lab, we're basically licensed resellers of both Tableau and Alteryx. And as well as that, we offer consulting and training services to our clients and customers. And within the information lab is the data school. So the data school, I think, started maybe four or five years ago. And um, it's head coached by Andy Kriebel and more recently, Carl Alchin. Carl Alchin, Andy Kriebel, I think he needs no introduction. Um, Carl, he, um, he recently started co-running um, Prepping Data with Jonathan Allenby, who's another data school consultant. Um, for those who don't know, Prepping Data is an initiative similar to Makeover Monday where we encourage uh, Tableau prep users to use prep more often and find new ways to solve um, uh, data challenges, if you will. Um, so the day school basically hires eight people per cohort and every two, for every two months. And we train them for four months on how to best use Tableau and Alteryx. Uh, within, during the four months training, we don't only just learn how to use Tableau and Alteryx, we're also encouraged to blog at least once a week. Um, I guess it makes sense that Andy encourages us to do that because that's basically what worked out well for him. He's always said that he only ever blogs for himself because that's the best way that he remembers what he's learned. And if he could sort of share that knowledge with everyone else, that'd be great. And I think that's something that he wanted us to sort of carry forward as well. So yeah, we have to blog at least once a week. And other than blogging once a week, we also have um, weekly client projects. So every week we have a client um, coming uh, come into the data school at the beginning of the week and they come tell us um, their actual real life problems that they have with their data um, and they set us a challenge and we are given, I think, like no more than 15 hours throughout the week to actually build them dashboards or workflows and so on. And we have to present it to them uh, on Friday and each member in the cohort um, alternates to be project managers. Um, if we don't, uh, have a client project in the week, then we'll just basically present something that we've learned um, during that training week. And I think, oh yeah, other than client projects, we also have to do um, webinars. So we'll host a webinar where we sort of teach something uh, to do with either Tableau or Alteryx. And we also host um, public training sessions where we teach the public um, 
for a day, again, in either Tableau or Waltrix. So that's basically the four months training at the data school that I can remember off the top of my head. And after you finish your four months of training, you go out and have four six month placements um, with our clients. So my first placement was at JLL. Um, I was with Simon Beaumont, he was my manager. For those who don't know, Simon is a current Zen master. He also co-runs Sports Biz Sunday with, I, I can't remember, I think his name is James Smith or something. Am I right, Zach? You're right. Yeah, good. Um, I'm sure there's probably somebody else that's also co-running it with them, but sorry, I can't remember their names off the top of my head. But yes, he, um, he also uh, manages uh, Sports Biz Sunday, and I think he's a Zen master, especially to do with his center of excellence work. So he was my direct manager, um, and I was in the business intelligence and technology team, which is run by Paul Chapman. Paul Chapman is basically Simon's boss's boss. Um, for those who don't know, Paul Chapman is a Tableau ambassador, Tableau user group ambassador. He co-runs and co-leads the London Tableau user group. I think he's done so for a few years now. So yeah, those were the people that I was with. And also Alex Jones. Um, Alex Jones was, is now a data school alum. Um, he's joined JLL um, Simon's team permanently now. So those are the sort of people that I was with for six months in my first placement. And now, I think as of Monday, so 6th of Jan, I'll be joining um, Telereal Trillium. I think they're also a property company. It's a very tongue twister for me. But yes, so yeah, that's basically the day of school. You have four months of training. And after training, you go off on client sites and you have six month placements. I was going to mention, Simon, you have sort of had a hell of an experience with some of these really amazing um, people in the data community that you've been working with up until this point. I mean, beginning with the data school itself and expanding out to work with Simon and Paul and all of them. Um, for you, in terms of your personal development, how much of that comes from you taking on sort of personal projects and doing stuff on your own versus these awesome work placements where you're getting to work with, you know, Zen masters and uh, highly influential people who have sort of paved the way ahead of you? So it's, it's pretty great because um, at JLL, the culture that Simon sort of in, uh, put across the team is that he has a Viz challenge, which is quite similar to um, Makeover Monday, where every month at the beginning of the month, Simon was set out to everyone in the BI team, not just in the UK, but across the globe, I think, um, a chart theme. So in my first month there, it was May, um, the Viz challenge was to build a Viz to do with circles. And that's pretty much it. Um, the next month there'll be, I don't know, a heat map. The next month could be line chart. But he, um, he wants us to sort of spend time learning for ourselves on a data set that we choose that's outside of JLL work. And I think every week he will set aside um, one hour during our working time where we're allowed to use that one hour for self-development. And I think that was the sort of culture that I was like, it was great to sort of walk into that just after the DS because Andy, Carl, Tom, Tom Brown, um, they're massive champions of like, make sure you invest in yourself just as much as you can. And it was really nice sort of just walking into JLL where Simon basically picked that up as well. And he sort of um, put that across his team. And I really liked that he did actually make sure that we were able to invest in ourselves just as much as we were able to do work for the team. And that MCU viz was actually my circle viz submission for, um, <laughs> for my first month at JLL. So 
I think that might answer your question as to how influential it was being at JLL um, for my personal projects and actually doing work for them. It was just sort of being part of their culture and being part of the DS as well that sort of helped everything. And also I had Alex next to me. So every time it was stuff like, Alex, I'm, I'm trying to do this, but I, I don't get it yet. Can you please help me? It's like, yep. And then he'll like explain everything to me and Simon as well. And there's been loads of times where um, I'd like be thinking of this to do. And then Simon would sort of talk to me about it and I'll, I'll be like, oh, I, I don't, I don't like this viz anymore. Um, which was the, I think the case with Hans Zimmer. I didn't like that viz at all. Um, and I think he's, I think he sort of called me crazy and like, no, you need to, you need to do it. Um, but yeah, he was very good. I, I really did like working with Simon a lot and, and Paul, Paul was great and James. So, so many thoughts and so many questions, but you've <laughs> used Altrix quite a bit as part of your tool set in terms of making many of your visits. Um, we've talked previously about sort of expanding the overall data community. We use that hashtag on Twitter quite a bit, DataFam, which is a very sort of Tableau-centric uh, data hashtag. And I know you as an Altrix user, we've got friends like Fee Gordon, who's an Altrix ace, um, that use many tools rather than just Tableau exclusively. What are your thoughts on sort of expanding the tent and making the data community a uh, broader, more inclusive place? Um, I think that's a hard one because it's, it's, it's very, like you said, everyone also always um, uses the hashtag data fam hashtag. And, um, and usually it's quite synonymous with only Tableau users, whereas data isn't only reserved for Tableau. It data spans across many BI tools, Altrix being one of them, R being one of them, Click, dare I say, and Power BI and so on. Um, how to sort of build a bridge to other tools. I think just simply acknowledging that there are other tools and maybe even like, I don't know, if you post something on Twitter, maybe tag those tools as well. For example, when I released my, both the MCU and the Hans Zimmer um, visits onto Twitter, I made sure that Altrix was acknowledged and I made sure that I tagged them as well. And I think they liked that because they also commented and retweeted it. Um, just little things like that, where you sort of acknowledge that there are other tools outside of Tableau that you do also use. Um, I think that's one sort of suggestion, but that is, that is quite a challenging one because it's a cultural, it's a cultural shift as well. Um, what, do you have any opinions and ideas about that as well? I mean, I'm always for expanding, um, community. And I think I've in the past, even in the past episode, I mentioned that I sort of think of Tableau as a blank canvas and it's whatever you put into it, but that might be um, an inappropriate comparison. It might be more accurate to say Tableau is a brush uh, and any artist when creating something would use multiple brushes. Um, mm. no, no one comes after an artist saying, oh, wait a second, you only used uh, wide brushes and I didn't see any narrow brushes on here. Mm. Any piece of art is typically composed of lots of different methods and techniques. I mean, uh, as much as everyone likes to talk crap about Excel, uh, most of the data sets I get outside of work are an Excel file. So almost yes. everything I've worked on is Tableau plus Excel, as much <laughs> as I would like to rag on Excel. Um, it's a very useful tool uh, for, for doing specific things. Um, so I think more of broadening our mindset and acknowledging that uh, Tableau might be my favorite tool to use right now. And it, in my opinion, might be the best tool. I don't know for a fact because I haven't been exposed to everything. Um, but 
uh, there's a broader community. And in terms of data viz, it could be multiple solutions to get to the same thing. So the ultimate end result that we produce um, could possibly be produced using multiple tools and not to not just limit um, other users' exposure by not including them. I mean, there are plenty yeah. of people using Power BI that could probably benefit by seeing some of the really cool Tableau visits that people have produced and could probably go and produce some of that for themselves. I mean, anything we do to sort of increase passion and awareness for data and remove some of the barriers for interpreting data from like lay people, um, I think is a win. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, and I, I did like what you said about um, mentioning other tools as well, um, especially what you said about Excel, because for me, it's quite the same, not specifically with Excel, but for me, it's all, also Alteryx. So for example, because um, I have both a Tableau and Alteryx background and experience, um, for me, I love Tableau because I do like that you can basically visualize whatever you want, if it's possible. Um, heck, I've got some guy space on my <laughs> one of my visits. Um, so it can be done, but that was also because of R. That wasn't a data set that I built on Tableau. And what I'm trying to say is that Tableau is amazing and it's great, but it can only do so much. Um, you need, like, I think Tableau has said it before themselves, that provided that the data set is in a built, a well-built structure, you can do whatever you want. But data is never given to us in a really neat gift-wrapped way. It's always messy, it's always tangly, you always have to do something with it beforehand. And this is why I like Alteryx, because Alteryx solves that problem for me. Granted, I know that not, not everyone has Alteryx, there's other tools like Python and um, R and so on, but um, Alteryx helps clean a lot of those things and transform, um, transforms data sets into network charts or someone's face or anything else really. Um, I always try to go out of my way to make any personal project that I do using both the tools or other tools as well. I'd like to make sure that I marry them both and make sure that they're both acknowledged. Um, I think that's I think that's quite important. I think it'd be pretty cool if other people, if they can, provided that they do have those tools and if they're able to um, do that as well, is pretty. I think that'd be really amazing. I think it's a shift in mindset rather than mm -hmm. thinking of stuff as this or that. It's this and that. I yes. Mean, all of us uh, as individuals are composed of multiple different things. Like I'm an American and I'm male and I'm married, but <laughs> I'm also many other things. I'm also an analyst and there are different things that we all overlap with, you know, yeah. particularly within the data community, we all overlap that we're into data and we're into data visualization and we're all humans, you know, mm. but it's uh, thinking of tools that way as well, not thinking of yourself as a Tableau user or an Alteryx user or a Power BI user. Think of yourself as a yes. practitioner of multiple things and more importantly, sort of a practitioner of a discipline rather than a practitioner of a tool. Yes, I totally agree with you because also, like I was saying about Tableau, it can only do so much. It's the same, the same goes for Alteryx as well. Alteryx is incredibly powerful, but it's not a data visualization tool. And um, that's not its primary purpose. And that's exactly where Tableau sort of steps in and builds that, bridges that gap. So yeah, I definitely see myself as more of an analytics person or a data visualizer, but not, not specifically exclusive to just one tool or the other tool. I think just more of a, like you said, a discipline. I think that's a really great mindset to have. And one of the things I've always appreciated about you, you know, talking with you is sort of your curiosity and your desire to always be sort of growing and bettering yourself. And that first came to my attention a few months back, you were doing sort of 
a mentoring tour almost where you were going around asking different people of different experiences, different backgrounds, um, how they got to where they are, what they do, if they had any advice and that sort of thing. And part of the ask for that was that they then introduce you to a couple more people themselves. Yeah. Uh, I know Josh Smith put you in touch with me and then I sort of passed you on to uh, Sam O'Droll and Klaus Schulte and David Kelly. And I've just sort of, uh, I appreciated your, oh man, I'm going to say gumption. I feel so old. Um, <laughs> your, uh, your work ethic. And this isn't like a work ask for you. This isn't an assignment. This is something where you're looking to grow personally. And as part of that, you want to know a lot of different people's experiences um, rather than sort of just picking a few because I know my experience in getting into this profession was a very tangled path. It started off pretty rough. Uh, I built myself up from an IT professional and ultimately jumped over to doing data analysis, which is just far more fun and satisfying. Um, tell me more about your journey with that and where you see that going next. Yeah, so with me, um, well, how that whole st thing started was when I spoke to my boss, Tom. Um, before actually I spoke to him, I spoke with James Baker. So James Baker was Simon's manager, is Simon's manager at JLL. And I had a one-to-one -one chat with him, uh, which Carl sort of nudged me to do. Uh, when I spoke to him, I sort of learned from his experience, um, how he sort of became a global director at JLL. And then after I spoke with him, I thought to myself like, oh, you know what? It might be useful if I actually learn about that from my own boss, Tom. <laughs> so I reached out to Tom and um, he, we had lunch. Uh, one one time back in May, and I think I just sort of asked about how he got to where he is now, like what did you do when you left uni, to building the information lab and building the data school. And it was really interesting to sort of hear that experience from him. And then I asked him, is there anything that I could do that, so that when I hit my fourth and final placement, um, I might be able to make an informed decision of what to do next? Because I told him that I'm I'm only like, I'm only 22 and I'm at the very beginning at the infantile stage of my career. And honestly, I have no idea <laughs> what I'm doing. So I'd like to know how to sort of be better at that. Um, he said, okay, go to as many conferences as possible. That was his first um, suggestion. If you can go, go. Um, because that's basically what worked out well for him. He met a lot of amazing people at the conference um, when he went, that's how he met Craig. So for those who don't know, I'm talking about Craig Bloodworth. Craig Bloodworth is one of the um, one of the four people that's part of the Zen Master Hall of Fame. He's also our CTO, um, and he was employee number two at the Information Lab. Um, he met Craig at the conference. He met Andy Kreeble at the conference. I think he met Emma White, who's also Zen Master at the conference. Carl, who's the other head coach at the day school, he met him at the conference. So. Yeah, he was a massive champion and advocate of networking and going to as many conferences as he can, because that's what where his success sort of roots back to. Um, and the other thing he said is to carry on speaking to people and keep speaking to them. And um, he said network. <laughs> and um, admittedly, I was just I sort of told him that that genuinely doesn't mean anything to me. I don't understand what you're saying because everyone throws net the word. The phrase network and, and keep networking and talk to people and so on but um it's one of those things where i honestly i don't i don't um they need to sort of elaborate so i asked him could you just be a bit, bit more specific and he said okay i'll introduce you to two people michelle gordette and fee gordon 
so we already spoke Mafi, um, Michelle Gaudet, she's, um, she's in academia, previously actually been in academia, but now re more recently she's joined, I think, Interworks, which is really amazing. Um, so he introduced me to those two. And he said, um, <laughs> for no particular reason, other than the fact that um, they just came to my mind um, there and then. And um, he said, you speak to them, you learn from them and ask them a lot of questions. And then I'll tell them that when you finish speaking to them, I'll, they'll have to introduce you to two more people. And then you'll speak to them and then you'll learn from them. And then they'll introduce you to two more people. And then they'll introduce you to two more people. And I actually did, <laughs> I actually did end up doing that. So Michelle introduced me to Josh, who introduced me to you, who introduced me to Klaus. Um, there's also a different path where I, um, I think I spoke to Eva. Uh, I asked Andy um, if he could introduce me to Eva Murray because I found out she recently moved to London. But Andy's like, no, she's on Convo. You can you can message her yourself because he he really likes to encourage me to do things myself if I can because um, he knows I'm quite nervous when it comes to those things. But I I did. I reached out to her and I had I think coffee with her after work later that Friday. Uh, it was really nice chatting with her and she actually introduced me to Ned Harding who co-founded Alteryx and who basically wrote Alteryx. And she also introduced me to Elisa Fink. Uh, for those who don't know, Elisa Fink, I think I'm saying her surname correct. Um, but yes, Elisa, um, she is the former chief marketing officer um, at Tableau. Um, she's been there for a while. I think, I think Andy said um, she's like one of his favorite people in the entire world. And I think, yeah, everyone loves her. And she's amazing. So I think that was, that was a fantastic thing that Tom sort of told, like sort of nudged me to do. Um, but to be honest, after a while, it did sort of take a toll um, because when you actually keep getting introduced to two people, then two more people and so on, um, <laughs> it becomes a lot. Um, I think I'm making a viz on it and I sort of showed you just before we started um, chatting that there's actually a section near the middle where you see that there's a lot of dots, which were the individual people clustered together and that's real time that I actually spoke to those people um very like days apart and after a while I think I was just like okay I I, I need to stop um it was it's a great initiative but I had to really really uh, slow down and you can kind of see it trail off because there's one um tra there's one trail off with Ken Black who I was introduced to I think over the summer <laughs> and um from I think Ken Flalage he introduced me to him and um, for those who don't know, I think Ken, Ken Flalage is a Tableau forum ambassador and also a Zen master. And Ken Black is one of the two individuals in the world currently who's both a Tableau Zen master and an Alteryx ace. The other person is Chris Love. I think Chris Love has been an Alteryx ace and Tableau Zen master for four consecutive years. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. But yes, anyway, so um, yes, he introduced me to Ken Black over in the summer, but I only managed to speak to him in October, and you can actually see that in the viz whenever that's released, um, that there's a massive um, lag in my speaking with him because after a while, uh, I think I did have to take a, I had to take a break. But yeah, I did, I, I don't regret doing that. That was a, it was a brilliant initiative. And also I don't think there would have been any other way that I would have actually met the likes of Elisa, Ned, Libby, Libby, who's also the other co-founder of Alteryx. Um, ben Jones, uh, for those who don't know, Ben Jones is the former director of Tableau Public, and he's now the founder of Data Literacy. Don't think I would have met the likes of those people if I didn't do that networking one-to-one -one chats that Tom 
encouraged me to do. Um, yeah, it was crazy. It was wild. I'll probably, I'll probably pick it up again. Um, I don't know when, but yeah. <laughs> well, in the meantime, I told you that you have two months to get that biz out because right now it's the beginning <laughs> of January. This is airing in the end of February. And by the time this comes out, everyone will know this is something you're working on and will be expectantly waiting to see what this personal passion project ends up looking like visually. Because I mean, just listening to the journey, um, you know, everyone you talk to, all the connections that you made and how they all network together and how much cooler the Eva Murray path is than, than my, uh, my portion of the network diagram. Um, <laughs> that is astounding. And I think everyone wants to see it. So you've been put on notice. Okay. Okay. Well, I've got, I've got the clock from Zach Bounders. Um, <laughs> I guess I've got to get, <laughs> I guess I've got to get on it. Um, but yeah, it's only just one chart. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I guess that's not the point of the biz. It's the, I think it's the part where I actually talk about what I've, where I sort of lay out what I've actually spoken about with people. And never underestimate the power of one chart because uh, particularly in the data visualization community, um, we kind of preach to the choir a lot with what we produce. We like to produce mm. the craziest chart type to show what can be done versus what tells the story the best sometimes. Yeah. Um, because if it's fun to do. You don't get to do that at work. And it's something that your peers will respond really positively to because it's exciting. I mean, uh, the one time I won Visit the Day was on a bar chart. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. That I misspelled the subject's name in. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, um, I won on a Nicolas Cage viz about Rotten Tomatoes scores. And you hear people debate, is Nicolas Cage good or bad? Um, Nicolas Cage is nuts. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but he's produced a lot of movies that people both love and sort of uh, mockingly love. Um, but by producing a bar chart, which is all about the variance between the audience and the critics, you can see where people sort of fall on the audience loves it, critics hate it, versus the other end of the spectrum, versus everyone agrees, which could either they all agree it's good or bad. Um, but yeah, that was a single bar chart. And frankly, I don't think I should have won for that one. Um, but yeah, it's don't discount single charts um, because oftentimes it's, um, I think we should emphasize more being a, uh, a scalpel than a hammer. Because sometimes yeah. we, uh, it's all about flash and bang and how much we can put on the page and how much we can sort of demonstrate what we know how to do versus mm. what's the most efficient, minimalist way I can get this idea across. And even oftentimes still be very attractive, but I think there's a certain nobility to making the best part chart, like pie chart or the best line chart uh, to get your idea across versus going exotic. Yeah. I picked up on what you said about, I don't think that biz should have gone biz of the day. Why do you think that? It was nice. It was a nice biz. I mean, if I were going to win biz of the day, like I, <laughs> it shouldn't have won. been that one. Like, um, but, <laughs> you know, some uh, it's everyone's their own worst critic and everyone looks yeah. at their own work and if you don't look back at stuff you've done and sort of roll your eyes and feel uh, miserable uh, not long after you've done it, that either means uh, it's the most brilliant fizz ever or you're not growing at all. Uh, yeah. So it's one of those things I put it together. Hopefully the former. <laughs> all right. It was, uh, it was a fun investigative personal project, which is sort of where I'm living my space right now. I got away from doing a lot of the community exercises, although I, I sometimes participate in like Project Health Viz uh, for Lindsay Betzendahl, but a oh, lot of yeah. my stuff is uh, more geeky and investigative. 
um, yeah, which uh, for me has produced better quality work because I'm more personally invested in what I'm putting out there. No, I, I, I feel you. That's exactly my experience with like my two most recent visits, actually including the Academy Awards one where I compared the Oscars and uh, the Oscar winners and the SAG Award winners. Um, I think that's my first personal web scraping project. Um, I know I, I, I feel you on that when I actually feel like I do better work or I assume it's better work when it's a bit more personal. Um, but then I also feel you on the, I don't like this viz anymore. Um, <laughs> when you spent too much time because I've genuinely grown to hate both the MCU viz and the Hans Zimmer viz. Uh, no matter what anyone tells me, I, <laughs> Uh, I think I've I, I think I've grown to hate it because I've spent too much time looking at looking at it and I've just spotted all the flaws and it's like it's not actually that good and I just want to get <laughs> release it and let it go on to the next. It's um the week that we're speaking earlier in the week I released a, a collaboration with Kate Schaub our Girl Scout cookie viz about where all the mm -hmm. money goes, and uh, I'm just calling my shot now and I'll feel dumb retroactively. It's definitely going to get Viz of the Day. I'm not saying that because it's the best Viz ever, but because I misspelled Kate's name in the title and somehow neither <laughs> of us noticed it before we published it. So I feel very confident that whenever I misspell someone's name very prominently in the header <laughs> and then post a screenshot of that online, that it will definitely um, be expanded beyond my reach where I can't pull it back in. So just, well, just for the embarrassment. <laughs> Why don't you um, edit it? Uh, or have you already? I edited the viz immediately afterwards, but we had both posted screenshots, and oh, uh, yeah. we both uh, we both tweeted it. We timed our tweets and everything, and we put it out there. We're like, "Yeah, we did it!" And then, like ten minutes later, I uh, I direct message Kate. It's like uh, we misspelled your last name. She's like, "I didn't even notice." <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's that fine attention to detail that we you know so many hours put into that and we don't even recognize that her name is misspelled at the very top of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't notice that. So it's fine. <laughs> that's that's think, good. Yeah. But I think it's one of those, you are your own worst critic. Absolutely. Um, and I think, uh, I know for me, I, I struggle with this and I, I hear a lot of other people say it too. I struggle with a great deal of like imposter complex where uh, you look at other people's work and you see other people in the communities that you interact with and you're like, wow, everyone's so good. Like, I don't belong here. And then uh, when you hear praise from people, sometimes uh, if you're seeing yourself through that lens, it kind of falls flat and it's like, yeah, I mean, it's fine, but it's not like, mm -hmm. you know, what so-and-so did. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I, I, feel, I, I feel you on that, especially coming from the DS, um, the day school where, <laughs> where I'm literally surrounded by more like uh, nearly 100 people that just does amazing, amazing work every day. Um, I think one of my favorite, um, I shouldn't say favorite, but anyways, favorite person um, in the, the, the data school, uh, VizWise, um, Ellen Blackburn. I just, I love everything that she does on Tableau Public. I tell her all the time. But she hates hearing praise. Um, but yeah, she has amazing and really, really beautiful visits. And I was fortunate to sort of work with her and Conrad. Uh, Conrad is also a data school consultant. Um, during my placement at JLL, they were there for my first two months until they had to move on to their second placements. So I was lucky to work with her and sort of like pick up on like a few things that she does design wise. Um, but a lot of the work that she does is just really beautiful. And the irritating thing is, is that anyone can actually do what she does, um, but no one has actually thought of it. Um, she does 
really beautiful line charts and bar charts and area charts um, uh, and just makes them look amazing even though they're so they're just really basic charts which just makes them beautiful and I think I think out of all of the people that I know at the data school she's like always the first that comes to mind when it comes to visits um, but yeah if you just look at a portfolio you'll see it just looks amazing right off the bat but when you actually keep looking at it, it's like like I could have I actually could have done that as well <laughs> I could have done that as well but I just didn't think about it like that I mean, isn't that so much of everything? Like in retrospect, people look at stuff and say, I could do that. And it's, but you didn't. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, and you could. Didn't. It's not like these are inventions. Like people say, well, I could have created X and X, you know, yeah. Y, but in this case, it's data viz where you can easily do the same thing and you're not ripping someone off by making a line chart. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. And I think it's pretty great that um, Tableau Public has this inspired by section in your business. So if you genuinely were inspired by someone's business, you can actually put it down. So they sort of get, I don't know if credit is the right word, but they sort of get some sort of partial recognition for the work that you've done as well. So before we wrap up today, is there anyone you'd like to shout out, anything you'd like to promote, anything you'd like to talk about? Um, talk about actually quite interestingly, um, in just over two weeks or a week, I've got my first user group for the, I've got a Canary Wharf user group that I'm starting to run. Um, so Canary Wharf is basically like the um, Wall Street of London, if you will. And um, there are a lot of Tableau and Altrix users there. And I sort of wanted to bridge the gap that I get with the London Tableau user group. I've never actually been able to go to the London Altrix user group, but um, some people talk about, um, you know, their exam experience or how to best document work and so on, or building a center of excellence, which is amazing. But the biggest value that I get from going to the user group is the networking. But what I really want now from a user group is also um, quality of the content where I actually want business use cases because in my day-to-day -day job, I am an analyst and I really need to find new ways to sort of deliver the same thing or find a different way of approaching a challenge. And I kind I really want businesses to actually showcase if they're willing to um, what they're actually doing. So I thankfully have four speakers my, for my first user group and I've already got four speakers for the next one. Um, don't know when the next date for that one is, but um, yeah, I don't, uh, that's something that I'm quite excited for. And also two days before the first user group, I've got Johnny Walker. I've sort of arranged, I've asked if he could come down to the day school and deliver a um, map box uh, meets Tableau session for the data scores. So that's quite cool. Um, that was really random because I met him at the, <laughs> I met him at the data plus women social at TC. And then I just sort of said like, Oh, you're that maps guy. We all love the work that you do. And we like, we have no idea what you're doing though. Um, <laughs> and I sort of asked him in passing, like if he'd be willing to come down for the DS and teach us. And he was like, yes. But then after a while, um, I sort of followed him up um, just after CC to actually ask if he was being serious or was he being polite, but he was serious. So yeah, I'm yanking him down to <laughs> the DS to sort of teach us a bit of something um, to do with Mapbox and Tableau. But well, yeah, that's, that's really something. amazing. Uh, those yeah. sound like some really awesome opportunities and I really look <laughs> forward to hearing more about how that goes. Um, thank you again for coming on today, Safana. I really appreciate you doing this and I hope we get to do it again soon. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I'm really honored and um, it's very flattering as well. Thank you very much. All right, bye-bye. Bye.
Data Plus Love is recorded and produced by Zach Bowders. Our music track is We Are Legends by Alex Stoner. Hey, you're still here. Um, you're probably waiting for like the next podcast uh, to kick in, probably something better. Um, thanks for hanging on. Anyway, if you're picking up what we're putting down, uh, consider buying us a cup of coffee on ko-fi.com slash D-A-T-A-P-L-U-S-L-O-V-E. Um, just, you know, drop $3 in our tip bucket. It helps us buy better equipment. It helps us uh, pay for razor blades to keep me from looking like a wolf man. And it keeps uh, Mark's head looking so shiny and beautiful. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll never put anything behind a paywall. And thanks for your patronage. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end. I really appreciate you listening to the Data Plus Love podcast. If you'd like to see more about what we're up to with the show, go to anchor.fm slash data plus love. Just spell it out, not a literal plus sign. Here you'll be able to see our library of episodes as well as interact with them either through polls or comments or leave a voicemail message that I'll put on an episode. You can interact with me personally by joining me on Twitter. I'm at Zach Bowders, not hard to hunt down. And if you like what you're hearing, consider leaving a tip for us or signing up for a small monthly donation at our ko-fi.com slash data plus love. Buying a cup of coffee for the show is just $3, and you can get more if you choose, or sign up to give that $3 or more monthly. Either way, I really appreciate it. Lastly, if you'd like to see more of my public data viz work, check me out on Tableau Public. So go to public.tableau.com and search for Zach Bowders. I'm the only one. You won't have trouble finding me. I promise. So thanks again for hanging on to the end of the show. I really appreciate all of your listens. And until next time, this has been Zach Bowders for the Data Plus Love Network.